0: Welcome to Still Scared, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're talking about the film Nightbooks from 2021. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Good afternoon, Adam.
1: Afternoon, Ren.
0: Hi. Um, uh, hello, yeah. Um, hello. I <laughs> um, just wanted to tell our listeners that you're wearing a very nice shirt today. Um, oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, it's like a child's play mat. Yeah, Antonia bought it for me like yeah. about a year ago. And it, it, it's a very uh, lime green shirt with... Like could a car track on it and, and mm. cars. Um, I don't know how to drive, so I can't say if uh, these. I mean, the cars look like they're not doing a great job at driving because some of them are on the track and some of them are off and some of them are facing different directions. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I know enough about the road to say that this is <laughs> probably a recipe for disaster. But uh, yeah, it looks a bit like one of those mats. I had one yeah. as a kid where you, you, you sit on with like toy cars and stuff and has all yeah, the. Yeah, you um, drive them around. Yeah. Yeah, municipal buildings. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um, so, today we're talking about Night Books, which um, is a film that was released last September on Netflix and uh, not advocating for Netflix. I think probably most people know. At this point, why Netflix are terrible, but uh, maybe you can find it on DVD in your local charity shop or something. I don't. Know. Oh, that'd be nice. So, yeah,
1: they're ten a penny now. Seriously, like like the charity shop. I think it was Cat Rescue or something. Like it was like a uh, DVDs and it was like ten for a pound.
0: Yeah, yeah, they um, they they really uh, the value is uh, is absolutely plummeting. So. Um... <laughs> I don't know if they're even making them anymore. <laughs> but,
1: uh, I, I think like only like Criterion and like these sort special editions for, for for people who still want DVDs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still watch DVDs, but then yeah, like, um, I'm thirty three, so you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I'm uh, thirty five now. Oh yeah, but birthday, yeah, birthday the, the other day. oh, yeah. birthday. I know, God, but thirty-five—that doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on. I think, I, I think it's the way that, like, during the pandemic, like those two years felt interminable and really stretched out and purgatorial. and mm. now they feel really compressed in retrospect.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind
1: of like the worst of both worlds. So at the time, it, it felt like last night to us. Now it's like, oh, out, those two years went by. <laughs> So I yeah. still feel like I should be 32 going on 33. Like, being mm. 35 doesn't feel right, but I'm sure I'll get used to it soon enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so... Um, don't really know. Uh, just sort of chose this as a kind of recent children's horror film that that it exists. Um, sometimes we like to talk about recent things. Yeah,
1: we, we don't always. I know there's a lot of millennial nostalgia... In this, yeah. um, which, which I think, you know, might make up part of the discussion here because Knight books is not without its millennial nostalgia. <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel this is made by people who are very aware that there are millennial parents uh, who want to uh, show their young children the kind of things they liked when they were young. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely got a cross-generational discourse going on this film. <laughs> um, um. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty bang up to date. And I think we both thought it was... It's pretty okay. It's it's a yeah. decent uh, enough film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not bad.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we both damn it with faint praise. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, um, it stars uh, Winslow Fegley uh, as Alex, who's uh, the main kid. Uh, Lydia Jewett as Yasmin the other kid and Kristen Ritter as Natasha who's the witch and uh Kristen Ritter known for uh, Jessica Jones which I never watched. She's annoying. Tell me about it. Okay, so it's um it's at uh, uh, Halloween um, I, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, stop. yeah. No, yeah it, it, uh, it, oh, 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 is it Halloween or is it yeah. just that it's Alex's birthday and that um, and his birthday is Halloween themed, or is it that he happens to have been born on Halloween?
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those options. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: it, it, it's in the autumnal months, and
0: yeah, and it's a spooky, creepy themed party.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and uh, we see this this kid Alex, and he's upset about something, and he he overhears his parents discussing him. And they say, oh, I don't know, maybe it would be easier if he was more, I don't know, normal. (laughs) And uh, he's uh, a bit sad about that. His room is uh, covered with horror paraphernalia. And he packs a rucksack and leaves the apartment. And he's running away from home and gets in a lift. And uh, the lift opens on a dark, kind of flickery, fluorescent lit floor the open door of a red lit apartment and it's playing the lost boys on there on an old TV. And that's his, his favorite film. So he kind of approaches it and he seems to be in a sort of trance and there's a a plate of pie, I think. And he he eats a bit of a pie pie. pumpkin pie. uh, And then he collapses and he wakes up in this old fashioned room. He doesn't know where he is. He tries to jump out of a window, but it just propels him back into the room and he's like, oh no um, and uh, then this witch appears to him and explains that uh, this apartment lures children in but she only keeps them if they're useful to her she says, are you useful to me? and he says, uh, uh, I write scary stories and she says, right, okay you have to write me a new st- a new story every night and uh, read it to me and otherwise I will kill you and uh, that's the
1: premise of this, of this film Editor's note: Also, the premise of One Thousand and One Nights. Yeah, so there's a little bit of setup, but it's it's pretty brisk. Like yes. we're in the midst of things quite quickly. Um, and yeah, yeah. The the editing's quite. I don't know, choppy at first, lurching forwards at slightly choppy intervals. Maybe that's just mm. maybe that was just me. Um, it settled down. That was only at the start. Um, yeah. I, I, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like the film took a little while to kind of get into its groove. Um, yeah, like, I, I enjoyed the second half quite significantly more than the first half.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, I was also a little, a little um, disappointed that the um, the, the child luring ap- apartment didn't get more the personality. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd have kind of liked to have seen it. A montage of it luring more
1: children or something. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, mm, that's, that's an interesting point, actually, because I suppose in quite a lot of kids' horror, like if we think of Monster House, which we covered you know, a few years mm. back, um, there's obviously a big emphasis on the house as, yeah. as dangerous and ensnaring children. Um, and the set designs are really lush here, especially in the second half. There's a kind of Hansel and Gretel-style... Mm. Uh, which is Candy <laughs> Cottage later, which is really good. Um, mm. I do think, I mean, the apartment has really nice wallpapering. Um, I, really, I really like the wallpaper, it's yeah. really nice wall. It's not quite Overlook Hotel creepy wallpapering, because it's, <laughs> it's quite nice. Um, like at first, I thought, there's a term on the evolution of horror that was used when they reviewed Midsummer that... Um, I think the guest described Midsummer as Instagram horror. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, and I think there's an aspect of that to night books um, that it does all look quite Instagrammable. Um, yeah, well,
0: Natasha the Witch is very stylish.
1: Kristen Ritter gets to wear some incredible costume. She, she has is.
0: this amazing uh, raincoat at one point. It's, oh my
1: god, the raincoat is glorious.
0: <laughs> it's like translucent pink and then it has these geometric shoulders that are sort of standing out. It's, it's just, it's so good, I love it.
1: Um, oh, the rain, the, yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned the raincoat. The raincoat was definitely a highlight. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it's almost like it's got kind of spiky shoulder pads. Like, if you imagine yeah. what an, an anime villain in Sailor Moon would wear if they wore a raincoat.
0: Yeah, I mean it's absolutely like something you'd see on um, on Drag Race as well. Kind of <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that um, occurred to me too, and uh, I think she is giving. I really liked Rita's performance. Like okay. she is giving this quite campy performance, I'd say. Like mm. she's not exactly chewing the scenery, but you know she's doing a lot of a lot of. Sort of I guess she's yeah basically throwing a lot of shade, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I I didn't. I wasn't really sold on her performance. Oh,
1: okay. How so? I
0: I didn't really think she had the menace uh, to to sell the 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 menace to sell the premise. Um, so to speak. That's nice. Um, the menace to sell the premise. Um, I and she's she's kind of impatient and sort of snappish and petulant, but. I didn't really feel like she had the um, the sort of depths of, uh, of sadism that we're meant to believe when we see her cabinet of children turned into little child figurines. Um, That's
1: a good point. I mean, I guess if you compare her to like the wicked stepmother witch in Burton's Hansel and Gretel, for mm. instance, because... There's, you know, parts of are very obviously, I mean, explicitly modelled <laughs> on Hansel and Gretel. Um, mm. You know, there, there's no bones about it, that 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 which is, is wholly evil. But, I mean, we learn more, obviously, um, about Natasha's backstory, which maybe explains that. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, we're just going all over the place in terms of plot, but that's fine. But um,
1: we... Okay, so yeah, spoiler Spoiler alert. <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, spoiler. Yeah, we, we find out that she is one of the children who the house is swallowed, who um, has, uh, in the end, and I, I think that that probably does make sense. In, in her character is quite childish. Sort of.
1: mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, okay, so... It definitely... And it's not an unscary film, because there are some other monster designs that are pretty gruesome and ghoulish. And, you know, there are some jump scares. Like, there, you know, and there is genuine peril. We know that children have died and that that is mm-hmm. a possibility here. Um, so I think it's not without scary moments. And certainly, you know, if you're a kid watching it, I think it, it would be pretty scary. Um, it possibly suffers from... I've written this as a post-ironic lack of seriousness. Um, and I think this is linked uh-huh. to... Um, so I also write reviews of um, Legendary Pink Dots albums for kittysneezes.com. And there's a podcast associated with Sneezes called Write Good, uh, which Raquel S. Benedict uh, hosts. And they had uh, an episode a few months back that actually got a lot of internet traction, um, where uh, Raquel kind of identified this trend she called, uh, I don't think she came up with the term, Core. And it was mm-hmm. a kind of critique of a lot of modern sci-fi writing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I've written down some of the traits of Squeak Um One of the main ones is snarkiness. So um, okay. this as being kind of like early 2000s blogger humour. But it's basically banter in place of actual jokes. So people <laughs> yeah. are saying snarky things rather than actually these being proper jokes or really funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like, th- this is sometimes seen as something that comes out of Josh Whedon's... I was writing. about to say, yeah. is yeah. <laughs> this related
0: um, to the whole Whedonisation of it. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, d- that, definitely. Um, also, lampshading one's own deconstructions. So doing this kind of semi-serious, like, drawing attention to the things you're referencing. But also, like, you know... I know that you know that I know. This is kind of lazy, but hey, I know it's lazy, so it's okay, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sort of like semi serious, like, okay, you're not meant to take this wholly seriously. So, yeah, it is a bit scary, but it's also playing at being scary and it has all the signifiers of scary in inverted quote marks films. So, it's like it's not wholly committing. Like it's not wholly committing to being scary, it's not wholly committing mm. to being funny. So it's sort of hedging its bet somewhere between the two.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that, um at the end, <laughs> um the the end they find the original witch. Natasha isn't the original witch of this apartment. She's harvesting magic from the original witch who uh who actually ate children. She was a, a hardcore child eating witch. But um
1: Oh, and those the... witches! They're not not like the witches in the old days. <laughs> yeah, these, these snowflake <laughs> witches.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's keeping um, she's keeping this original witch uh, sedated um, with with the stories. This is where the stories come in that she has to be told uh, horrible stories to keep her um, asleep. But um, but this, they 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 wake this original. Original witch, and uh, she's um, she's sort of chasing after the kids, but um, <laughs> they're there's escaping the lift, and, and this the kind of witch appears from from the, the top of the lift, and sort of vomits kind of candy, silly string all over the kids. Um, it kind it's of quite scary. Like gun-
1: it kind of looks like gunge. As well. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, It's not quite Good not old gunch. Scary. Yeah, actually yeah. like, get your own back <laughs>
0: um And then, like, and then Alex says something like, this is the
1: worst lift ever, <laughs> or something, and it's like... Yeah, yeah, and, like, that's not a joke, right? Yeah. Like, that, but it, it, it's banter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of very much, I don't know, I sort of felt like it was, they were kind of like, oh, maybe this is getting a bit scary for kids at this point, let's put a little... Was there
1: semi-joke in
0: it there? Yeah,
1: I yeah. I, 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 think, and that, uh, I do. I don't know. I do get it because, like, we were discussing last time with Warship Down. I mean, Warship Down obviously wasn't necessarily intended for children, and, mm. you know, <laughs> we were in the kind of Mia and Catherine were in that funny situation of basically saying, which doesn't often happen, especially with horror fans. Oh, the BBFC should have been more harsh. <laughs> you know, what were the BBFC doing giving this a you? you know you know, yeah. it, 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 I think it'd be a bit perverse to just take the position, right? No, children's horror should always just be really scary. It should
0: be as scary as possible, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was traumatized <laughs> as a kid. They should be too, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. Um so I I get why, you know, as a screenwriter you do that, right? Mm. And sort of undercut these things um mm. with jokes. But it's not always, I think it's like, it does mean the tone is quite wobbly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree.
1: Yeah, and I I do think that, especially combined with the kind of pacing issues early on that I mentioned, Mm. which I think do sort themselves out in the second half, um, but it does mean that, I don't know. It can take. It took me a while to kind of get into the film, and I don't think that was just me. I do think the film it feels like it doesn't quite know what it's doing at first, <laughs> somehow. Uh,
0: yeah, I think because I, it sets things up so quickly, and then
1: yeah.
0: we're right into it, and and I think then it does it does get a bit wobbly, and it it kind of turns into a sort of alien for kids bit for a while. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah I guess it could of does. <laughs> Where they um, so so they, how many the other the other kid is um it's called Jasmine and she's kept around by Natasha to uh, cook and clean and sort of make uh tend to the greenhouse and such. Um and um I thought she was very good. Um uh Lydia duet. Uh, I thought she was a very good young actor and um, mm. she did quite a lot to sort of sell the uh, kind of emotional bits of the story. And it...
1: Really good point. She's having to do pretty much all of the emotional lifting, yeah. actually. <laughs> um, like, um. Alex's character... Um, He's meant to be like a little R.L. Stein, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's a sort of little tortured artist. You know, he only cares about the stories, darn it.
0: Well, but he's, he's decided he's, he doesn't do that anymore. Like, well, that's,
1: that's true. Though, let's be honest, it doesn't take him long to get back into <laughs> no. it. Like, we very quickly get a montage of, of him and his process, <laughs> pacing around writing and talking to himself. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know. Yeah, he's, he's our little
0: Oral Stein, our little Stephen King. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Lydia Jewett does have to do a lot more than... I mean, Winslow Fegley's good, but I think sh- she's asked to do a lot more of her performance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think uh, I think she really rises to it. Um, oh my gosh, what, what, were, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the alien bit. Yeah, that they um so they have this... Potion green they had this greenhouse for for making the uh, natasha's um potions and there's these there's these creatures called shredders that uh come out of, sort of pods it's, it's very alien yeah. spider-like knife legs and they they go for the face and
1: I thought for sure it was going. to ah!
0: there's sort of a whole middle portion of the film of them trying not to disturb these things and then disturbing these things and then being chased by them and then one of them creeps into Alex's backpack and then it uh destroys his uh destroys his notebook of stories which is uh which is a plot point because he's uh he's been struggling to write any more new stories so he's just been reading out his old stories to to Natasha um
1: Mm -hmm. The set design here looks great, so they've got, Mm. like, ultraviolet paint on these, well, synthetic plants, obviously they're meant to be real plants. Um, Mm. Really simple idea, but I've not seen it done before, actually. Mm. Um, uh, Maybe a a little bit like the garden coralline, perhaps. Mm. Um, But yeah, um, in terms of in a live-action film, I'd, I'd, you know, simple idea, really, like, ultraviolet paint on synthetic plants, but yeah, it looks really great, and is a, a memorable image from the film. So I, I do think the set design here is really strong in places. Like, I, I agree that the apartment uh, perhaps is a bit too nice, almost. Um, <laughs> but, but this garden and then later the kind of candy house, I think both of those um, mm. lo- look pretty special, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy some of the aesthetics of the film. Actually,
0: I have a have a very good texture of the week from this film. Oh,
1: okay, okay. I don't think I've got anything to actually make sounds with. You know, I'm on. That's okay. I mean. Oh, that's a Texture. 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 That's, that's, um, no, that's a,
0: nice. It's a nautilus shell. I'm tapping a paintbrush on a on a nautilus shell. Oh,
1: that's um, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> I like something from a Brian Eno album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: um, so yeah, I have a. This is a, one of these one of these things where I just like got a standout texture and I saw it and I was like, right, that's my texture of the week. Okay.
1: Um,
0: and uh, that is. So they, they they they're trying to escape the apartment. Um they uh so they find notes written in um in some of the books in the library. They're written in the back of the notes, um back in the back of the books, these kind of notes about how one of the kids who was kept there is going to escape and they call her Unicorn Girl. Um and they're sort of leafing through the books trying to find more of her notes. And uh, they find a bit where she talks about how she's going to make a potion like a sleeping potion to put the witch to sleep and she just needs to find the last ingredient that will, that will mask the smell of this potion and so they come up with this, with this whole plan that how they're going to trick Natasha into telling them what this ingredient is and, because she, she's always correcting Alex when, his, um, when he's reading out his stories and she's like well, oh, everyone knows that that's not how that works um, so he tells a story and deliberately gets this ingredient wrong so that she'll go, oh, everyone knows it's actually root that you need I to guess, use. I guess
1: it's another kind of childlike trait.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she can't help her one-upping her and showing, showing off that what she knows. Their skin is deathly white. Some of their clothes take back decades. They, they pushed hard on a swing higher and higher. Stupid! Everyone knows ghosts don't have actual physical hands, so they could never push him on a swing, amateur. But, um, so so they do do this. They get this potion, and they manage to get her to sleep, um, and they escape out this back door that they've seen her coming in. Um, And they're out into this forest, and uh, and they're like, wow, wow, we've actually escaped, it's amazing. And then they start to realise that... actually is looking something not quite right about the forest and yasmin goes to a, a tree and peels off the bark to reveal the wallpaper from the apartment underneath the bark of the tree and like it's like oh <laughs> that's a good <laughs> texture
1: yeah yeah that was a good texture um okay so um yeah mine is from just a little bit after that so um Basically, you've already mentioned that the the original witch is is revived, um, and because she's been sort of left for presumably I don't know a couple of decades yeah. um, in the candy house, she's got crusted candy growing out of her head. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, she's all Cronenberg with candy. candy.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh,
0: yeah, I <laughs> um, and, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> and, and then, then when she's defeated, right? That means you get this wonderful montage of like boiling sugar.
0: Yeah, they they shove her into the oven in traditional, you know, Hansel and Gretel style, and uh, but then you know, there's all the the bubbling, boiling sugar on her of her uh, her candy skin. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty grisly.
1: Mm-hmm. I I really I really like that. Um, that, that was really pleasing
0: yeah and also when she's uh she's been sort of kept asleep in this kind of bathtub and and when she's uh when she wakes up and she's stepping out of it there's all these kind of bone cracking and crunching sound effects <laughs> they really go to town on the, on that
1: um. I, I really I really love that kind of stuff eh it's just a shame that it comes very late in the film hmm because, because yeah I, the last last
0: half an hour I was really really taken with. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah um, we've um, we talked about a uh, rendition of the Hansel and Gretel cottage quite recently with uh, Burton's Hansel and Gretel um, which uh, was uh, a particularly Sort of gushing, and uh, mm. gushing and gungy and um, this yeah and gloopy. And yeah, <laughs> this one is um, um, this one's very gelatinous. Um, has a they're they're sort of entranced in in the wood in the wood that's still the apartment. They're sort of drawn towards the the candy cottage, and it's uh, Yasmin has Yasmin has this sort of big round kind of aquamarine jelly that's. Filled with cream or something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, David Juroveski, like, so he's. Did he see Brightburn? The one, uh, Br- The film Brightburn? No. I, I didn't type <laughs> <laughs> um, But I do know it was like a sort of um, evil Superman inversion story, so it's like um, the Superman origin story, but the kid's evil rather than than good. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's an adult horror film, but obviously focusing on this, a bit like The Omen, but instead of Damien, you've got Superman, basically. Mm. Um, So this is, you know, a director who's made two films for adults previously doing um, Mm. a kid's film. Um, which is perhaps why it it does have these genuinely scary moments, um, mm-hmm. a bit like, say, with N- Nicholas Rogue doing uh, the Witches, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is clearly a kids film but feels quite odd and adult and genuinely very scary in places. Yeah. And and obviously the the, the kind of film citations are largely for films that would have been given, say, art certificates, or at least 15 certificates over here, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm. right? Um, I mean, in terms of the plot, I don't think the film is actually very indebted to Lost Boys. But as you said, Lost Boys is the film that's used to kind of lure Alex into the apartment. And we see a poster for the Lost Boys in his room. Yeah. And then um, we also have a cover of "Cry, Little Sister," which is kind of iconically used in *Lost Boys* twice on the soundtrack here. Editor's mm. note: by Juverges, no less. I need- Have you seen Lost Boys? I haven't. I, I, I re- I, I only, Antonia got me to watch it just like in the first lockdown and I thought it was incredible. Um, I, I, we could cover it. I think there's an argument to be made that it's a children's horror in the same way that Gremlins is. Mm. In as much as it was a film that didn't have an all ages certificate, um, but clearly did appeal. A lot of kids watched when it came out, and I remember Lost Boys coming out, and I remember Stuart, my best friend in primary, being really keen on it. His parents were both goths, so they showed it to him. And, you know, he, he, he'd he talk about Lost Boys. And, you know, I, I remember thinking, oh, it sounds too rich for my blood. Or oh, very scary. Um, but, yeah, Lost Boys is a really interesting film because... Yeah, it's definitely one of those one of those '80s films where you're not quite sure who who the target market
0: is, frankly. Mm. Um, the, the vampire film really, that that really I watched uh, during the first lockdown was Interview with a Vampire, which uh, I thoroughly oh. enjoyed.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I've never, I've, ne- I've it's, never it's, seen
0: it's, that. It's great. It's really good. Um, uh, it, it's uh, you can't really can't really claim i don't think you could really claim it was a children's horror except that it does have um young um what's her name <laughs> uh
1: natalie portman
0: no no but close uh, um
1: Malona Ryder. rider
0: no but similar sort of uh oh
1: God. elfin features
0: um <laughs> blonde um
1: and... Christina Ricci. No, no, you're really close. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, Tom, Tom Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. Kirsten Dunst.
0: Kirsten Dunst, yes.
1: There we go.
0: Young Kirsten Dunst as a um, as a child vampire who uh, who keeps eating her piano teachers. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's uh, it's an enjoyable film.
1: Well, uh, Alex also has a post of my favorite ever film, *Brain Dead*, on his wall. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, 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 I didn't catch that. Yeah, well, it's the American. It's *Dead Alive*, ah. which is the um, American release name. My goodness, that's it. that's uh,
0: that's quite strong for a strong stuff for an eleven-year-old.
1: Yeah, like I might show an eleven-year-old with like the zombie baby in the park scene, but pro- probably not all of it, to be honest. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's great. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's glorious, but um, <laughs> yeah, not really
1: a kids' horror.
0: Um, <clears throat> um yeah, and then it, and then got the kind of the the style that it changes to when he um, when Alex tells his stories is a sort of know, vaguely kind of German expressionist mm. kind of black and white and red sort of cardboard cut out sets kind of white, yeah. white face paint sort of deal um, a
1: bit kind of, kind of scritchy early Tim Burton-ish Yeah, um, it yeah. reminded me a little bit, and this is a bit of a deep cut I think, for listeners uh, apologies, um, <laughs> Remind me a bit of Obayashi's style, so he's the guy who directed Hausu or House oh cut. yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. um mind me a bit in the way that it's all very deliberately fake looking mm-hmm. and kind of a bit awkward and stilted um and very stylized sets but yeah i i, I thought they were pretty cool um
0: yeah i am um, well, i i like the um, interludes of cutting to his stories um it was quite fun um they had a they all had a sort of title card and a little kind of Freehouse of Horror sting to them when it came up.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: uh. I mean that, that's the thing. There are lots of likable parts to the film and and good ideas. Mm. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think my reservations are largely about tone. Um, that it just doesn't quite seem to go here the way that it kind of moves from genuinely scary to silly slowly gross out humour yeah um there are there's a horrid joke involving an invisible cat doing it's it's
0: so I disgusting I, we, we I, didn't I, need that
1: I did not enjoy it
0: um, <laughs> it's like watching this really really so I was did. like oh poor Adam <laughs> he's gonna yeah, hate this was,
1: I really hate it I really did hate that moment. yeah that was vile um <laughs> yeah, yeah it was really horrible um yeah. so yeah yeah, I think it doesn't quite cohere somehow, like it doesn't quite work together as a film. But,
0: yeah. Um,
1: the individual parts are good, and there are some really striking visuals. So, you know, I, I think... And I, I I can see that they're clearly going for know, intergenerational... Like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of parents who watch Stranger Kids. Stranger Things for their kids, right? Mm. Um, Like, which isn't exactly children's horror, but I, I, you know, I can imagine that that happens quite a lot and Mm. I just feel like this is very clearly going for a kind of millennial parent and Zoomer kid Mm -hmm. audience, Mm -hmm. very much the films from the kind of 80s and 90s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: And maybe there's something about intergenerational trauma well, <laughs> at a stretch.
0: Yes. I mean, I did did have that so no, I'm not really sure where we're meant to land land on, um, Natasha. Um I don't know if the film really knows. Like we um <laughs> we learned that she um that she was one of the uh, children kidnapped by the apartment and the original witch. Um there's a sort of quite harrowing detail that this witch ate her companions and natasha had to clean out the oven um, oh
1: that's yeah i I wrote that down too this genuinely
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty upsetting um so um and then obviously and then she she does manage to escape because she it turns out that she is she is the unicorn girl who was writing these instructions um um about how she was going to escape um uh and she does manage to but but the it's been so long that her parents have have moved house and she can't find them and so she just goes back to the apartment and becomes the witch herself um so yeah there is the kind of suggestion of a kind of cycle of abuse narrative there um but she doesn't uh Shouldn't really have any uh, redemption from.
1: No, she, not really. <laughs> she, she just carries on being the witch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it was going to be like you know, hey hey hey, kids. You know, uh, the millennials may seem bad, but you know it's the older generation who are really to blame. <laughs> um, <laughs> those those boomer witches
0: who. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the boomer witches who hate
1: children, you know, Um, you know, us us millennial witches just, you know, you know, harm our children (laughs) through and not being self actualized enough. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, we're just... uh... Well, we can't help our Arrested Development um <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I, I, maybe that's what it was
0: going for <laughs> um because yeah we, we you know they, 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 they Alex and Yasmin do end up escaping um there and they push the uh push the original witch into the oven and then uh, she yeah. Uh, yeah, candy skin, bubbles and boils. And um, and uh, luckily, the, uh, the apartment, because the apartment is meant to uh, move all, all over the world, I don't know. Uh, but,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's a thinly sketched. there. It's like, oh yeah, the apartment moves
0: different places. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes places, but it, it hasn't moved um, since Alex has been in there, so um, he's still, or at least it's returned to the same apartment, and uh, Alex is reunited with his parents, and yeah Yasmin is reunited with hers and they uh they take the cat with them as uh who's kind of started as a as an antagonist and become uh, an ally along the way and um
1: is it a Siamese cat um yeah or Sphinx? A, a a
0: hairless cat with,
1: a ha- a hairless cat
0: yeah and uh and that's all fine but because uh because all of alex's stories had to have a they couldn't have a happy ending is that the, the witch had to be had to be kept asleep with uh with unhappy stories so the film has a an unhappy ending which is uh, natasha still uh <laughs> being in her apartment with her uh, knick-knack cabinet full of children
1: but <laughs> I mean, it feels like a bit of a um, another pastry got on his wall which definitely shouldn't have been watching uh, <laughs> is, uh Nightmare on Elm Street yes and I uh, very much like the ending of Nightmare on Elm Street it's like it seems like a happy ending no but Freddy Krueger actually the evil car now <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen Nightmare because that is literally literally the twist okay <laughs> yeah but, but that's fine you know yeah she's still and I guess it opens it for a sequel if they want to do one yeah
0: yeah um yeah um i i definitely i definitely enjoyed the last half hour of it i thought that was good good kids horror um i i like the premise i wish the premise had been a bit more done a bit more with the idea of the monster apartment Mm.
1: um yeah a bit more fleshed out
0: yeah um it definitely was a bit definitely got a bit woobly around the middle um in terms of uh, to- uh, pacing, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, pacing and tone, pacing and tone, Unpla-
1: gross out humor.
0: Yeah, we really didn't need, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, and again, I thought Lydia Duet particularly did a very, a very good yeah. job in um, there. Uh, she actually had quite a. Uh, we, we get to hear Yasmin's story of how she got lured into the uh, into the apartment. She's um, kind of n- like nicely specific story. Um, it was like kind of the smell of uh, Doro Watts, which is uh, an Ethiopian chicken stew, which she used to make with her her late grandma. Which um, was quite affecting, and also, you know, crunchy specificity, as uh, Tim Clare mm-hmm. says. Um, do you? Uh, sorry, this is a completely up tangent. Do, do, you, do you? Have you had Ethiopian food?
1: Do you... um, I don't know if I have actually. Yeah. Would Would you Would you? How, how, presumably you have.
0: Yeah. No. Um. It's um. I would highly recommend it if you get the chance. Um. It's a place I've been to a couple of times in Manchester, and it's there's lots of vegetarian um and vegan options, and you get it on there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this sort of dish kind of has this injera, uh, which is this sort of spongy flatbread and then you get the different dishes of kind of curries and stews on top of this flatbread and then you get more of it and you dip it in and it's delicious I mean it could it, I mean that that might lure me in to, honestly, to, the, to the monster apartment really good Ethiopian food so oh,
1: oh well bear that in mind thank you yeah <laughs>
0: Um and I, I think that's all um
1: Ah I think that's I think that's all I think um, that's all. You know, not not every kid's horrors ward ship down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, good to good to uh, see a recent a recent offering in the genre. And uh
1: Yeah, yeah, and um uh, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be more children's horror films um, come out soon. Hopefully, not just on Netflix. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. Do
1: you want to do the credits?
0: Yeah. So, um, thank you for listening. Um, if you want, you can uh, review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I um, got a review recently. It said, this podcast is all right. <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> like Nightbook's. Sorry? Like nightbooks, we where the nightbooks of
0: I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> um, you can email us at at Um Neither of us want to be on Twitter very much. Uh, we're going to try and um, come up with a, a solution to probably still having the Twitter account going, but maybe... Posting posts from Instagram but i uh, keep mm. you updated on that um, our artwork is by Letty Wilson who and I just got a new uh, book by Letty through my door oh, yeah. today um, which uh, is the um, uh, the book of the kind of first part of their epic uh, fairies doing crimes uh, webcomic Owl People um, and it looks absolutely gorgeous and um, so, I do recommend checking that out. Our um, uh, intro music is by Maki Yamazaki. Our uh, outro music is by Joe Kelly. Um, yeah, do do you have a sign up
1: for us? Um, yeah, uh, but don't get Cronenberged with candy, creepy kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's unpleasant. <laughs> just just try and avoid that if you can, you know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> right. See you next time. Bye.